0: This verse was the aspect of controlling the tongue and The importance of controlling the tongue And the good use and the correct usage of the tongue This was, alhamdulillah, the topic of Allah Discussed in some detail And really No matter how much we try to revise this How much we emphasize this It will still be insufficient because this is an ongoing need to keep this very, very fresh in our hearts and minds and to keep reminding ourselves of what is the importance of controlling the tongue. Since the aspect of the tongue, it's so easy to just slip with it. A person slips more by his tongue than by anything else therefore this is an ongoing need that we have to keep reminding ourselves about what we say and how we say it. This is the thing that many times the problems that ensue as a result of the misuse of the tongue then people are, are trying to find the solution or even don't even realize that what is the root cause trying to find the solution in so many other things sometimes the solution looking for in some tawis all the problems that are coming and all the arguments that are taking place and whatever else results. They're looking for the Tawis now to resolve that. So that well-known incident about one person, one, one, some alim, some daily came that there's a lot of issues and a lot of major problems at home. So I want some Tawis. So he immediately worked it out. What's the main problem? So he said, I have a very effective Tawis. So he read on some that something and blew on some water and he said well this is the Tawiz, this water but it's the manner of using it is that when you see your husband coming in after the day's work as he's approaching the front door you must take a gulp of this water but you must not swallow it you must keep it in your mouth for at least one hour then only will it work if, it, if you swallow it then the effect will be lost so now, well, she wanted the taweez, so she took it and went, but now when she came home with it, and she, after the first day, the husband, as he's approaching the door, so she took the one gulp. but as per her normal habit, that as he's emptying the door, she starts offloading the whole days, whatever the issues were and the problems. Now that day too, she was about to do it, but then she realized, it's going to end up swallowing the water, the effect of the taweez would be lost, so she kept her mouth closed. So when she kept her mouth closed, so he also didn't have any response. Because normally then he'll respond in a double volume. So when that carried on for a couple of days, everything suddenly calmed down. So it, everything calmed down as a token of gratitude. She came to just express, MashaAllah, the Tawiz was very effective. And it really has helped, it sorted out all the problems. It's very good. The Tawiz was really within you. The Tawiz was to just keep them out closed person learns to keep the mouth closed a lot of the problems will get solved right there but in this zamana and this age apart from that water to find somebody to make the taweez on and blow on something maybe like something like mittens and it closes all the fingers up So I a person trying to type on the phone can't type because half the problems or maybe a good number of the problems are now happening with all what careless messages people sending on social media and just making all kinds of comments and loose remarks. So now that taweez now has to be blown onto that button, keep your hand inside there all the time. So now the person in that try to type anything, it won't work. So that taweez has to now be found somewhere. Unfortunately this is the way that we just take things for granted, that we just say anything, just Nowadays, before it used to be set to one person, and the problem then would sometimes very quickly get confined there, and in a short while both have understood and realized that what we did, though, this wasn't the thing to say, and it'll get resolved there. But now, person had an issue with somebody, so now he's putting it on that whole group. Well, there's 20 people on that group, 30 people on the group, and now this one silly thing that happened, the person puts it on that group. So now you get, mashallah, so many people have so good things to know, then add to it all the so-called encouragement that uh, which incites the whole thing further. So what could have easily been contained and resolved, that now becomes a major problem. And that is why these social media groups and so on, outwardly it seems like a very good thing. People say, no, it's, joining family ties and keeping relationships and so on, but how often that has done the opposite. So fine maybe for the bulk of the time it will probably be something that might be fine, everything might be seeming fine, but that one incident that will go haywire, it will overcome all that so-called good that was done for that one month, in that one day, in that one hour, one minute it will wash off all that. And whatever so-called good happened out of that, there will be ten times the harm that happened out of this one careless thing that happened. Because now this is free fall and everybody gets in the fray and one thing leads to another and before a person knows it, there's a major problem. So, outwardly it seems that a very, very nice thing, very uh, useful thing. Yes, if a person knows how to use it, can be used in the correct manner but these broad groups this group and that group and all these funny groups this has done more harm than good and it has caused major problems so this is something to be conscious about that person is careful about how he uses his tongue nowadays what he's typing where because that sometimes is more damaging and more harmful about what a person, what kind of messages he sending out. <coughs> Thereafter, this was obviously not the Nikah khutbah that was being recited, it was a talk. So nevertheless, I that explained the first three ayat that are recited in the in, uh, khutbah of the Nikah. And then there was a fourth verse that was recited in regard to advice from the Qur'an Sharif. The fourth verse was then explained. So the fourth verse recited was bil بِالْمَعْرُوفِ That O people of the world This is now the explanation That O people of the world Your creator is advising you Establish good conduct with your wives Treat them kindly Does it Now ask the question That who can be more degraded Who can be more low Than the one who fails to heed The intercession of Allah Ta'ala? In other words This is an Instruction directed to husbands Because Instruction is so The instruction and the command Is directed to husbands That treat your wives kindly So Now the question might come That So What is the instruction to wives Because that's how Mine works that If I was given some instructions What's on the other side Because if that's the same mentality that we have developed, my rights. What's my right then? But here again the same principle that the Qur'an Sharif is giving the wife a right by means of instructing the husband. And giving the husband certain rights by means of instructing the wife. The wife has been instructed differently by Rasulullah وسلم that had I had it been permissible to make sajda to anyone besides Allah Ta'ala which obviously is never permissible but had it ever been permissible this is a way of expressing the the maqam and the position of the husband that had it ever been permissible to make sajda to anyone besides Allah Ta'ala I would have then ordered the wife to make sajda to the husband obviously that's not permissible but this highlights what is the position and maqam and the honor that the wife should have for the husband so that is what is directed to her. The husband, he has been given the, the title of Qawwam, قوام, that men are the rulers over women, that is the Quranic, clear, clear ayat of the Quran Sharif. Now in the environment of this liberal Western mindset and so on, so now everything has to be now molded in a way that must fit into the Western mindset. So it is like a person, he, there was maybe once upon a time, he was mashallah a good size person, whatever it was, uh, put his other way around. So he was a very slim and trim person. So now there was a certain garment, certain kurta that he used to wear, a certain size. Now over time, he now became much more mashallah, as they say. So now he is insisting that, no, this, I must fit into the same garment. How is it going to work? It doesn't work like that. So, the thing is that what we want to do is that this western lifestyle is something new. Now we want Islam must fit into that western lifestyle, that western mindset. It doesn't happen like that. Let we say, but now how... How are we going to try and reconcile? We don't have to try to reconcile anything. We don't have to reconcile anything because how do we try to reconcile something that is alien? There's no need to reconcile something that's alien with the pure teachings of Islam. The western mindset is alien. That is something that has no basis. It's something that just changes with the wombs and fancies of people. And Quran Sharif, the law of Allah Ta'ala is wahi. So that doesn't need to be reconciled with anything. That is the problem that we unfortunately have, that we are trying to reconcile western thoughts, western ideas, that western liberal mindset, we are trying to reconcile that with Islam somewhere, we want to make it fit. We don't have to do that. What Deen has given us, that is it, that's clear. We don't have to try to try to minimize the impact of the message of the Quran Sharif in some way to try and make it uh, digest for others no, no, they must learn how to fit into this this is the size their size is off they must come into size to fit into what Islam is teaching so this is the message in this regard as well that Quran Sharif has given a clear guidance in this regard and we nisa we don't have to be apologetic about it. Person says, this is the principle of the institution. says, no, no, yeah, actually, no institution has got equality. We don't have any principle here. Here, everybody is like on an equal footing here. says, this, this flight, there's no captain here. This flight is just run like on autopilot. Everybody is equal here. Any passenger, any uh, crew member, and there's no captain in this, in this uh, flight. So, mashallah, where that flight will finish off, Allah knows. So no flight takes off the ground without a captain. And this, this ship got no captain too. This ship here, anybody and everybody, all equal. So sometimes someone used to pull that steer it to so the left, somebody steer to so the right, all fine. There's no captain here. So if that's meant to come from Cape Town to Durban, it might finish or maybe somewhere by the North Pole. So every ship has to have a captain, every plane has a captain, Every small little institution has one principle, every business has a director, somebody has, has an MD, has a managing director, there will be somebody who is the last person to take, take the final call, the person to make the last decision. So everywhere this is understood, because without that there cannot be any system and that is something indisputed, undisputed anywhere, any part of the world and that is why this will always be there. We haven't heard of a country with two presidents. You'll have a deputy president, but you haven't heard of a country that here in this country we have two presidents, a rotational presidency. Hasn't happened. They accepted that this cannot happen. It did not work. That no place there can be system, if there isn't one person who is the final authority, he has the last say in the matter, but yes, obviously there'll be guidelines and there'll be the rules within which he has to exercise that authority. He is not free to exercise that authority as he desires, what is his wombs and fancies in that regard. He has to exercise it within the boundaries of the rules that has been given to him. But he is the authority even Within those limits, his call will be the last call. So likewise, there is a system that has to be maintained in a home. But now the Western and liberal mindset is, that no, there's no head of the home. Now, if there's no head of the home, so often we might have heard this kind of not often now and then. Hopefully, not often. That we might have heard that kind of comment somebody making to somebody else. That it seems like you got no head. When? What is the occasion when he says this? When somebody makes this kind of not a good comment to make. It shouldn't be made. Seems like you've lost your head. Seems like you got no head. So what kind of occasion is this kind of statement made? This kind of rebuke? It's made when there's chaos. The person has done something chaotic. The person has done something which is senseless. The person has done something which it shows that he never, he he didn't think anything. Now he's like headless. So now that's the kind of situation they want to create in every home, headless. And that's the end result that he's being now experience that there's chaos. So when a person does something chaotic, they say, see, you've know, you got no head. So now they took the head out of the home, all equal. So now when everybody is equal, so it's a headless place. A headless place is chaos. Try to get that flight to its destination without any captain, there'll be chaos. That ship without the captain there'll be chaos. On small little business, Without one person in charge, there will be chaos. So yes, there is great amount of emphasis on mashwara, taking everybody's uh, views in a matter, and using that mashwara to keep everybody united, and keep everybody going together in one direction. But eventually there has to be one person making the call. So that position Allah has given to the husband. The husband is the last authority, he is the ruler over the woman. This ruler is not the concept that, what we understand because we hear about rulership in the world all the time, that rulers become oppressive and they deal with injustice and they just use that authority without any concern. No, no, that's not the ruler that is being referred to here. The ruler that is being referred to here is the ruler who has been given this command. وَعَاشِرُهُنَّ بِالْمَعْرُوفِ Yes, you are the ruler, but you are the ruler, that kind of ruler who will be dealing with justice. Justice is the first step only. Justice is not the end of the road. It starts off with justice. But beyond justice. One is that a person now, justice demands that he must pay somebody ten rands he paid the person 10 rand because that was the transaction, that was the deal. It was agreed that he must give the person 10 rands. So he gave him his 10 rands. So now he, he dealt with justice. But instead of 10 rands, he gave him 12 rands. Now that is beyond justice. That's kindness. Uh, he caught a t- taxi somewhere or bus or whatever. Another so taxi driver, how much? 10 rands. But now when he reached the destination, he gave him 12 rands. So is the person going to argue with him? That, no, no, our agreement was 10 rands, so how can I take 12 rands? He'll be very kind, uh, very grateful for it. MashaAllah, he'll be very happy about it. Why? Because now this was kindness. Justice? Above justice is kindness. Allah Ta'ala saying, don't deal with your wives with justice. That goes without saying. There cannot be any compromise in that. That is the bare minimum. Allah Ta'ala saying, bil Because this is not one business. This home is not one business. This home is not one institution, one school, one some institution of some sort. No, no. This home is a place of muhabbat. Home is a place where there should be every kind of peace and harmony and the hearts must be united with muhabbat. Muhabbat is not generated by rules and by rights is not generated by rights. I fulfilled your rights, so now keep quiet now. Muhabbat doesn't work like that. Muhabbat works, one is Zabta, rules, regulations. Rules and regulations are to define the boundaries. That's the purpose of rules and regulations. And look, this is the boundary. Don't, don't cross over this. Because then you'll be in In the wrong territory so now the borders of the country that's the border that's a limit but now the person doesn't live on the edge this is the border now he's living on the border that doesn't happen he'll be way inside so the rules the laws are to define the boundaries but there's ample space inside there and that is where Dean wants us to be within that wide space not living on the edge Coming deep into the garden, not living on the, on the fence. Coming where all the fruit is. So this ashiru hunna bil is giving us that directive. That one is this rabta, the zabta, the zawabit, zabta, the rules. But that is not what relationships are built on. Relationships are built on rabta, on building a bond. That bond is what keeps a relationship going. Otherwise, well, I want this person fulfills fulfill this right, and he, now that's what the Western lifestyle has become. In one talk of his, on this topic, he mentions one incident, that somebody, one couple, somewhere in Europe, they were walking husband and wife, so now one person overheard this, and he probably knew that they were married so now, as they're walking, so the husband well he both probably had the habit of smoking. The husband is saying to the wife that, "Give me a cigarette when you go home, I'll give you the money." Now not that smoking is a good thing, but apart from the fact that this was related to cigarettes and smoking, but it just shows what is the, how shallow that relationship is. That now, the person is asking for something so insignificant, but he has to also at the same time say that, we'll get home, I'll pay you for it. So that shows what what level of relationship there is. That he needed something so small and insignificant from his wife, but he had to first also... Just assure her that don't worry, you'll get your money for it. So that is now living in the rules. That's living on that ah, it's at the edge of the borders in some way. There's a relationship endure on that? Relationships endure on rapta, on that bond, on that relationship being strengthened with muhabbat. And this is the guidance that on the one hand the authority has been explained, the Quran Sharif has made that very clear. Ridalu Kawamuna nisa. But how must that Qawwam conduct himself? That is the guidance Allah ta'ala is giving and the command Allah ta'ala is giving. That the husband is now, that you are the authority, don't abuse that. And don't think that that gives you the license to just now deal woolly-lily anyhow, whatever you want to do. You know? Just keep uh, using everything and conducting yourself like a person, like a ruler with the iron fists, like a tyrant. No, no, that's far away from how a husband should be conducting himself. How he should be conducting himself? Nabil With kindness, with compassion. And that kindness is not only in the form of generosity, in the form of gifts, in the form of material comforts. That kindness is a broad concept. That kindness includes overlooking faults. Bil maruf. This ma'roof is not just that kind of kindness which is in the form of giving something. No, it's beyond that. Trivial things, small, small mistakes, little ups and downs, and a person now becomes enraged over it and away, he's making a big issue of small things. No, no, this kindness includes this overlooking of mistakes, overlooking of faults. These are things that all included in this bil so, ma'roof. So this is how that Home then functions in a, in a good way. And those children growing up in those homes grow up in a stable manner. Because they are seeing this, observing this muhabbat, they are observing how things are handled, how when situations come up, how when sometimes somebody gets a little bit upset about something, but how the other party is handling things in a very mature manner, in a way that is the, that that doesn't disrupt the harmony it will get the thing sorted out, but everything is still smooth. All these things are being observed, being witnessed. And these are leaving messages in the heart and mind of how things are to be done. And if it's being handled differently, then that's the message that's getting left. And Allah for that becomes a legacy that gets left behind. That then gets taken on by the next generation then. And then the next generation sometimes just takes it to a higher level. Rather instead of the word higher, you should use the worst level. So, this is the message Allah Ta'ala is giving this ayat wa ashirohun bil Yes, you'll get all kinds of things sometimes happening. And certain things, we have to understand and accept as we've discussed previously, that we are in dunya. Dunya is not perfect. The perfect place is Jannah. Allah Ta'ala has created jannat as the perfect place. But that is for those who navigate through the challenges of dunya, having perfected their akhlaq, improved it to as best as they can, then they get the perfect place of jannah. Dunya is not perfect. Dunya is all kinds of things will carry on. And certain things we won't be able to change. Many a times the problem comes out of expectation. Our expectations are too high. And we are demanding everything must happen at our expectation, and sometimes it will never be that somebody will be able to come to the level of our expectation. That person's capacity is not that. Somebody would be of have certain abilities in certain things, and they have certain weaknesses. We have perhaps certain strengths. We have other weaknesses. So now we want everything to be in a certain level, everything to be up to our expectation, and now we're trying to force it to that point, and it can't happen because the person's capacity is not there. So now because it's not getting there, we are becoming more and more agitated, and now we're waiting for it to happen as we want it. It won't happen, some things won't happen. Some things we'll have to learn to work around it. Sometimes something is maybe, it's a plant, you can maybe uproot it and go plant it somewhere else. But something that's a huge tree, you try to uproot it, that's where it'll collapse. Something can't be changed. Something that is already deep-seated, whatever the reason was, just happened in that manner. We can't expect to change things. We have to keep things going as smoothly as we can, obviously within the limits of Sharia. But certain things we have to understand that it won't change. We will have to learn to work around it. And when we learn to work around it, then Inshallah, that too will become manageable. And it will start improving in time. So these are things that we have to, Inshallah, bear in mind these ayat of the Quran Sharif. This is the guidance that Allah Ta'ala has given us. And this is the commands of Allah Ta'ala. Person... Keeping this in mind, revising this from time to time, refreshing this in our memories, inshallah, on the occasions when these things have to be practiced on, then that will become easy to practice on. And the benefit comes to us already in dunya. The main thing is that this will be fulfilling the commands of Allah Ta'ala. The benefits of that will come to us in akhirat as well. Allah Ta'ala gives us the tawfiq. Wa